Yes, we have another episode. We're back from the weekend. The Sports Bag Bros podcast is back at you. And there's always something to talk about. College football is over, but college football really isn't over because it's just about to begin. Bowl season is coming up. The NFL is still on fire. I mean, even if you look at it throughout all of sports, you still have baseball making serious news with Atani. Come on now with that kind of money. Man, Man. boxing this past weekend. A lot of things going on, so we're just going to get into it. What's going on now? Well, let me take uh, care of business. On Thursday, I said if uh, Dak plays well and the Cowboys play well, I'll have to apologize. So apologies to Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys and Cowboy Nation. I was wrong. I talked a lot of smack saying uh, he's going to come back down to earth, but uh, they dominated the Eagles, took them out back. And if anything, the Eagles should be concerned because that's two weeks in a row. Yeah. And you know what? With Dak, it's better late than never because he's finally starting to look like the quarterback that he he was probably expected to be in terms of being a very good quarterback. Now, being even better than a very good quarterback, that's still yet to be seen. But he's in the right trajectory now, this late in his career. You know, when he was drafted, you know, I think he was a fourth rounder, third or fourth rounder. And I saw him at Mississippi State. I thought he was a good quarterback down there. But when they brought him into Dallas, I was like, okay, he'll be one of those serviceable kind of quarterbacks. But he was smart. So when he got in, you know, I was like, you know, it might be a little bit of that kind of Russell Wilson action thing. And he gets in, he does okay, but he never really gets over the hump. I think now after all these years, the team is around him. They're looking like they're at the right point in the the team right now this, this season. It looks like Dak Prescott may be one of those very good quarterbacks so far. I still don't think they'll go into San Francisco and come out with the dub, but that doesn't mean that he'll be the reason they lose. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's true. But I mean, he, he, he's, he's been looking better. In his own, and not only has been like a week or two or three or four, he's put together a string of good games. Even in a loss, he's still looking pretty solid. And like you said, he wasn't the reason for the loss in some of these losses. But now when he's on, he's going, the rest of the team is going along with him and they're winning. Now, Philadelphia, are they coming down to earth, or is Dallas really that much better because Dak is that much more consistent now than he's been in the past? Well, it could be a couple of things. Um, one, Dallas was at home. When they went to Philly, it was a much different uh, yeah. outcome, right? And mm-hmm. Dak did not play that well in that game. So I'm sure that helps. And then two, as far as the Eagles are concerned, They've been struggling against you know, average teams. You know, they went into overtime with the Commanders, I think it was. Yeah. Um, the division they, game. Yeah, but still the Commanders. Yeah. They they really haven't been a juggernaut. So maybe they were a little bit overrated. I, I think know. so. I, I, but, no. but they do have the easiest schedule going forward. So – those tiebreakers are going to be real interesting. They may win their next four games. Now, when it comes to Philadelphia, you look at the quarterback position, Jalen Hurts, you know, never really given the respect last season until he finally deserved the respect and they gave him a paycheck, a big bump in his pay to show how much they respected him as a team. He goes into this season. I think when you look at his overall numbers, and I don't think this is one of those ridiculous seasons to where you could look at a quarterback's numbers and it won't tell the story. And with him, you can look at his numbers and it doesn't exactly tell the stories because I see some of his numbers 
And in some way, he reminds me a lot of what we've been talking about with Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence doesn't put up these ridiculous numbers. He throws a touchdown or two, but the team still wins by a lot. They have their own issues now. But with Jalen Hurts, he's been doing a lot of the same. He had one game this season in which he threw four touchdowns. Of course, he looked great in that game. But he's been putting up 200 yards, close to 300 yards. In last yesterday's game, 197 yards. But he's been getting one touchdown, two touchdowns. And the Eagles were kind of going along until just recently. Yeah, and I think two things they really need to be concerned about was the physicality. Dallas was out there banging, and they didn't match their intensity. They did not match their physicality. Um, you could say they got pumped. They got pumped <laughs> well, last night. Well, they get beat like that. You, you drop 33 on them. And hey. Dallas, Dallas, you look at the old NFC East battles they had, even when the Arizona Cardinals were there. You know, those NFC East battles were always legendary. But when you got to that northeastern side, that eastern seaboard side, when you had the Dallas, not the Dallas Cowboys, but you had the Giants and the Washington Redskins, Redskins back then, Commanders now, and the Philadelphia Eagles, it was always a battle. Dallas was always the battle because they were the Dallas Cowboys, allegedly America's team. But now you still have these teams like um, Philadelphia struggling with the commanders, but it's still the NFC East. They still bang it out when they need to bang it out. It's just that the Eagles. When you think the Eagles, you think defense. Yeah. yeah, Defense just got sliced and diced two weeks in a row. The 49ers were going up and down that wheel. They gave little resistance to the Cowboys last night. Now I'm wondering with this. problems in Philly with that defense. With this Philadelphia Eagles defense, I don't think I think a whole lot defense of defense when it comes down to what they did last season. I think they're still in the beginning of this season and even till now, some people may still look at what happened last season with the defense. You took out Javon Hargrave, who's doing his thing now in San Francisco, and they're not really doing that much, not the numbers they were putting up before, but you know they're getting after the quarterback, but not in the numbers they were doing last year because even the interior guys like Hargrave was getting after big time. I think he had 11 sacks last season. I mean, and from the inside, that's those are Warren Sapp kind of numbers from a defensive tackle. Yeah, but, you know, Jalen Carter's playing well. Um, it just seemed like Hassan Riddick was, was non-existent last night. Like, they were not getting a lot of pressure on, on Dak, and they were not slowing down the run at all. Now, the one thing Dak can do, he can slice you and dice you from those short passes and intermediate passes. Now that he has C.D. CD Lamb, he can get the ball downfield and CD will go after the ball or he can hit him on the slant and he'll still break the big play, you know, because he's that kind of player. I think the Dallas Cowboys now is a team in contention. I don't think jumping the gun, just seeing what they've done and the consistency they've had over the past several weeks now proves that this team is probably here to stay. They're looking to be a problem. I'm still thinking San Francisco, the way they've been playing. I mean, they've been a, a, a machine. And as you said, Going out to San Francisco, trying to beat them out there with something on the line, it's hard-pressed to do so, even if right. Dak is at his best. It's a tall task. Yeah. But um, had they lost that game last night, um, their psyche would be much different. Yeah, but that's true. Like I said, they punked. To me, they punked the Eagles last night. So their psyche right now is trending way up. Yeah. You know, so stranger things have happened. You know, you go in there with the defense travels. Um, if Michael Parsons goes off and he's in the backfield chasing Purdy for his life all day long, he can cause problems. But, you know, they already played and the 49ers kind of handled them. 
but rematches don't always turn out the same way. No way, especially the closer you get towards the end of the season and there's more to work towards or there's more on the line, <clears throat> there's more at stake. And I'll tell you, yesterday with the Seattle Seahawks, they gave the 49ers a few problems in the early going, but, you know, it's a four-quarter game. But they were getting after Brock Purdy, uh, Brock Purdy for a while. <laughs> I was going to say, no, not Brock, but Josh. But Brock Purdy, they'll get after him for a while until everything kind of settled down and Debo Samuel just kind of went off. Man, That guy is such with the ball in his hand. Christian McCaffrey is the dynamic player on their team. The problem is you have two dynamic players on the team. Um, there was one play yesterday. They had both of those guys in the backfield. Pick your poison, mm -hmm. man. And yeah. there was no, there was anything you could do about it. And uh, McCaffrey was the one who got the ball. No, I think Samuel was the one who got the ball, just cruised on it into the end zone. They have everything. It reminds me so much of what they had in the 80s when they did have Brent Young, um, Brent Jones at tight end. And then they had, you know, Rathman and Craig and all the other big names. We know what Taylor and, and Rice. Right now, you know, they don't have all of those pieces. But, damn, what they have right now is working, and it's working big time. Yeah, they can really spread the field and, and get guys in space. And as you mentioned, those guys are dangerous. You get you get Debo or McCaffrey in space, they can go a long way. Oh, man, damn Debo. McCaffrey, even though he gets respect, he still doesn't get enough respect. If you just watch him play, it's poetic. The guy just slides around, man. And then before you know it, he's at the, got seven yards. He slides around. You know, I'm not going to say moving a lot around like Barry Sanders, but when this guy moves, it doesn't look like he's, you know, it looks like he is just kind of smoothly going through the creases, not even being a slasher, just hitting the hole. And then he has seven yards. He has eight yards. He may get a loss, but this guy's almost always going forward. And then you have to worry about him catching out in the backfield, being a pain in the butt that way. But this 49ers mm -hmm. team is going to be tough to play against. But this Dallas team may be up to the task if they can keep this up. You know, it looks like the only thing these two teams can do if they meet when it matters most is put up an excellent game. I don't think there could be a bad game between these two if they were to meet up with everything on the line outside of a Super Bowl just for their division. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Um, outside of the Super Bowl, I, <laughs> I saw someone's prediction for the Super Bowl. 49ers and... 35, Cowboys 32. I just kept oh, scrolling. Man. Seriously? Yeah. I just kept scrolling. I'm like, why did I don't know what page it was on or who the admins are. You don't why would they way. allow that? Why? You know how stupid it is. Do not allow that. I would not allow that on our Oh no, nah, no, nah, not even a troll like that, man. Not even I'm, a troll. I'd you be know. like, sorry, I can't post that. You must rethink your comment. <laughs> but you know what? We're in an age, especially with social media, where people are more interested in the quantity of the players and not the quality of the of the, <clears throat> the members of the group. I mean, you see so many people. We got 100,000 people in our group, and they're just happy to have all this BS going back and forth, and they're not even moderating the, the group to where it's taken seriously. But then you have smaller groups who could focus on that smaller crew, but a lot of times that smaller crew is coming with legitimate things and real talking points that really matter. Man, times we, it's, it's like sixth graders in the playground. Somebody needs to get put in a sandbox or hit with a bucket <laughs> or something. This doesn't make any sense. <clears throat> you, know, you know what? And this is actually a segue when things don't make sense. How the hell did that? How the hell did um Zach Wilson play the way he did yesterday? Three hundred plus yards, bro. Get out of here with that. You gotta play the Lamborghini sound oh, or something, bro. I would have a sound effect for him. <laughs> I just don't. Not even a freaking, not even crowd noise or fake ovation. Yeah, and not only that, the Bears dominated the Lions. Man, that's another thing. It. What's going on yesterday? I, I mean, know. seriously. Crazy day in the NFL, man. You watch, you know what? 
you watched Justin Fields yesterday. How good did he look, or was it just they were just in the floor as a team? He he looked decent. I, I told you, I already made up my mind. Now he has one more one more year left on his deal. Yeah. So the Bears can keep him another year, but I still say they should draft a quarterback just in case. He has improving. I mean, he has shown improvement. He seems to be getting a little better every week, but it's not like he's made giant strides to convince at least me that he's years. the guy. You know what I mean? But he has shown he has shown improvement. And he had zero turnovers yesterday, so that's that's good because that's where he lost me. Like uh he had two touchdowns and he threw for two hundred some yards or whatever, but he had two picks and a fumble. You can't give the ball up. I don't care what your numbers are. You cannot give the ball up three times. And that was the week when I well, I said I'm done with him because he gives it up way too much. Yesterday he had a fumble, but the play didn't count. All right, but damn, it seems like he still does it. And when the play does count, it may be. Or his knee was time. down or, or something. Yeah, I think his knee was down. They stripped it just after his knee hit. But it was close. He was out, scrambling again, got tackled, ball came out. I was like, see, that's why I'm done. But then they looked at it, they called him down, and he was down. I'm like, but it was this close. But you know it's going to happen again. You know it's right. going to happen again probably in the near future. But now you're talking about they need to go get a quarterback in the draft. Now, who is that quarterback going to be? Our newest Heisman Trophy winner. Would that be a nice fit in Chicago? Well, you know, I've been, saying it, I've been saying it for at least three to, three to four weeks. That's the guy I want. It looks like they're going to get the Carolina pick number one. Yeah. Um, take Harrison. Or um, if number three wants has their eyes set on somebody and they want it bad, maybe trade down to three and, and you know, accumulate uh, – draft commodities and then maybe you can still take Harrison because more than likely those first two teams are taking quarterbacks. Now there's been news out there that Marvin Harrison Jr. from Ohio State 20 million. staying in college. Right. I mean, this is before the, evalu the evaluation came out about his money that he may get as an NIL deal. But if he does, he's going to get more probably right there than he's going to get as an NFL player in his first season, at least. You know, that $20 million that they're saying, $20-plus million they're talking about. And I don't know. You know, a lot of times these players who are taken, if they're underclassmen, they don't necessarily have to come out because the old story of these other players or even basketball players, I'm coming out because I need to help my family. I need to do this and that. They don't have the money. This guy does have the money. He's Marvin Harrison, senior's son. You know, he, he went to the private school. He did the whole thing coming up that way in Jersey, did his thing. And he doesn't necessarily need the money. Now, it's not like a couple of dollars here and there we're talking about. If he goes to the pros and he's the number one pick overall, there's millions there. If he stays now in college the way things are, there are several millions there. I mean, he has yeah, I just saw a report that he could get a $20 million deal to stay yeah. at Ohio State. You know, an NIL deal, yeah. And, I, I, and I was thinking about that. Like, if I could have been the top three pick and I can stay in school or go to the NFL, now, me personally, like, man, I don't want to go to class no more. Like, you know what I'm saying? So if, 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 I, <laughs> if I can get, if I can get a, a sixty million dollar contract in the NFL, or whatever, I, I don't, I don't know what the rookie scale is, but and be, you know, be a grown up instead of going to school, writing papers, listening to lectures. Yeah, man, I'm going, I'm going pro. 
Yeah, that's probably the case, especially in college, unless you're Andy Katzenmoyer, the old Ohio State linebacker who had these bogus classes that kept him eligible to play. I know these Ohio State fans who get to this point in this show won't like to hear it, but that's what happened. But yeah, as, well, as, depends as far, on his workload, I guess. You know, if they give you know him what, <laughs> Mom, look when you get to the design, NFL, first of all, <laughs> web design or podcasts. Uh, web, de- yo, bro, web design is serious though, especially in the world we live in now. Web design is something you can make some serious money with, and it requires some intelligence to be able to do it. You know, I mean, shoot, that's yeah, that's, well, that's well, I took a web design class. It wasn't very difficult, so that's okay. what I'm. I'm well, I'm it to. well, I'm Andy Casimoy had an AIDS awareness class and golf. <laughs> come on, come on now. AIDS awareness. What what did they do? Uh, say, he was aware AIDS existed. Pass my condoms. There you go. Now you're aware. Make you know sure what I'm saying? Good. He was aware AIDS existed in this world. Here's your A, Andy. <clears throat> AIDS for Andy. But anyways, yeah, but I think it's a, it's a, a Marvin Harrison Jr. being the first pick overall is definitely something that could happen. But now Jaden Daniels playing the way he has with the combine coming up. I mean, eventually- yeah, it's going to be real interesting because you always hear Caleb Williams, if not Williams, then, then Drake May. I don't want either one of those guys. Um, but we have to see what happens at the combine. You know, people, but you know, certain franchises fall in love with certain guys, and that's what I'm thinking. You know, maybe Caleb Williams goes and has an outstanding combine and interviews wells with GMs or whatever, and maybe number four really wants him. Well, let's trade down. Well, with Caleb Williams, I'm wondering how good he really is. Not that I wasn't impressed with what he's done. I mean, the guys put up tremendous numbers regardless of where he was in Oklahoma. Then he goes to USC, puts up tremendous numbers, and wins a Heisman there. Lincoln Riley was his coach, though, at both spots. He won't be his coach in the NFL. And I can't use the, well, USC coaches, USC quarterbacks never really work out in the NFL because he's he's a USC quarterback in today's climate. You know, USC quarterback for this season, but not the season before, you know, that kind of thing. Or two seasons now, one season in Oklahoma, it's not the same anymore. You know, when you had these guys who were incumbents, guys like Matt Leinart and Carson uh, Palmer, you know, being in, already at USC, coming from high school to USC, not transferring in. Now, I think he, Caleb Williams, I'm thinking the way Jaden Daniels looked and the way I've seen him play against better competition, that guy was legit. Uh, he completely did the opposite of what I was expecting going into the season. Yeah, that's what I'm afraid of, that he won't be around at four or five, right? Yeah, no, he probably won't. Yeah, that's what I'm afraid of. But we have to see how things shake out. But, you know, there's more NFL we got to talk about. Oh, yeah, absolutely, more NFL. I mean, what about these Kansas City Chiefs, man? What's going on here, man? Bro, this is – they're not the de facto champs or the de facto – Leaders of the AFC anymore. Yeah, the Broncos are just one game behind them now. Yeah, the that, Broncos, that wide, bro. Come on yeah, now. That, that wide receiver room is just killing them, man. And, you know, you got you got Mahomes whining. You got Reed crying. Come on, man. <laughs> he was some of those it, it was not the ref fault. First of all, it was first down when, when they called the offensive offsides. But let, let's start at the very beginning. Watching that play, I know if you watch enough football, you know, hey, that dude's offsides. Yeah. You're watching the play before it snapped. That 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 guy's offsides. Snap the ball. You see the, the flag going there. Right oh, they, they call it offsides. And then the great play happens. 
But if you're watching and you know you saw that flag go up, you know what it's for. Tony was offsides, and he goes down. He he catches the pass. Man, that pass from Kelsey though, dude, perfect spiral, bro. Uh, man, he, why isn't he a quarterback? Like the squad quarterback. That throw was a BB man, right on the money. And you know Tony's known for dropping passes. It hit him right where he couldn't drop it. He, <laughs> he had no choice but to catch it and run it in. But come on, man, you're you're crying because a ref threw a threw a flag made, for he made a the right call. call, a legit call, right? It's not like oh he maybe held him or the guy tripped and it looked like he held him and they called holding. It was a bogus. There was nothing subjective about it. He was blocking the ref's view of the football. <laughs> She's already automatically done. I was watching the game. I'm like, that dude's offsides. I saw the flag go up. I'm like, whatever happens. Oh, nice catch, Kelsey. Oh, shit. Oh, man, too bad it ain't going to count. I, I knew he was running it in, but I knew it wasn't going to count. I don't understand what people are up in arms about. You should have known it wasn't going to count because you, you saw with your own eyes Tony lined up offsides. How many times has Tony been a pain in their ass all season? Oh, my God. This guy, from the first game till now, just, man, it's hard to believe he could even be there after this season. But Mahomes talking about, you know, in elementary school, this and that. I coached Pop Warner for seven years. Our wide receivers knew when they lined up, look to the referee, and you either tell them you're on or you're off. Yep. And, And the ref would be like, and you're good there, or back up, or you can move up a little bit. I was screaming at our wide receiver, back up, back up. Coach says, I mean, ref says, coach, he's good there. He's good. I was like, okay. If if you're communicating with the referee, the referee will tell you. Yep, he will. But if you line up and you don't look out to the ref, hey, am I good here? You expect the referee to yell from 30 yards, hey, Tony, hey. You're all side back up. Coach, man. Get real, man. Get out of here with that bogus bullshit. He was all sides. You expect the ref to run away. He's supposed to come running in, waving his, hey, back up, back up. Okay, now you can snap it. Man, it's ridiculous. People just whining. It, it was first issue. down. It was first down. They had three more plays. On second down, he was getting sacked. He got rid of it. Good job. You got rid of it. You didn't take the sack. Third down, ball got tipped, knocked away. Fourth down, he's under pressure. He just throws it downfield, hoping somebody catches it. Then when it lands incomplete, now he wants to go and yell at the referee. You had three downs to do something, and you got zero yards. Get out of here, man. Quit crying. Yeah, but now <clears throat> is Mahomes still the darling now? <laughs> that That's the thing about it. That's what's so disappointing. You never saw that side of Mahomes. And now when a little adversity hits, now he's turning into a crybaby. Yeah, this is what this is how you react to adversity. You're gonna be a whiner. Not not that Tony's dropped or your receivers have dropped 33 passes. That's not the issue. It's the referee's fault. Come on, man. The referee didn't make him line up all sides. Yeah, but you know, it's, I can't believe it's as big a story as it is right now for the wrong reasons. They're complaining about the ref making the right call. They're not even complaining about everything else. It's the ref making the right call. And they can't even justify why they're upset. They just know, why did that happen? Why did they let the play go? You don't know how yeah. football works. They're going to throw that flag. If the guy's already offsides, they're going to throw the 
the flag anyways once the play starts. Right. You know what I mean? Then you got and to- he, but they're talking like they got screwed. Like they, they saw the play happen. They scored a touchdown. Oh, no, let's throw the flag. Tony lined up off sides. <laughs> they threw the flag as soon as the ball was snapped. Yep. It's not yeah. like they decided, oh, let's screw them here. They're going to score. It we got to stop ball it. Foul. No, the referee's not psychic. He doesn't know what's going to happen. It's bogus, man. Yep. So now Kansas City, I mean, look, Denver, bro, Sean Payton closed his mouth. The team keeps winning. Uh, Russell Wilson playing. He doesn't even have to play great. He just <laughs> has to be a solid quarterback. And now they're one game behind Kansas City. And you look at I was talking earlier about the numbers and looking at quarterbacks numbers, and it's just not telling the story. You look at Justin Herbert's numbers, and it's certainly not telling the story. His team is terrible. <laughs> uh, did he go tough. down yesterday? Huh? Didn't he go down yesterday? Yeah, I think he did go down yesterday. CJ Stroud has a concussion too. That's but you know what though? Him. Going back to that Jets game, the Jets defense is who we thought they were going into the season. One of the best defenses in the NFL with the potential to be the best defense. But the offense is giving them the ball to me. Well, getting losing the ball too often or too quickly to where the defense can't get that rest that they need. Yesterday, for some crazy reason, outside of the norm, Zach Wilson puts up all of those yards and looks like a quarterback that's been in the league for a little bit of time, more than just going to practice for a day and then trying to play a game on Sunday. And the defense was able to get their rest, do everything that they're supposed to do naturally, and they perform. C.J. Stroud looked like the rookie that he is yesterday against them. Yeah. I've seen enough of him this year to know this guy's a special quarterback now, but if the Jets defense is playing like that when they actually have some offensive output, it's only going to get people pissed off because they're pretty much still out of the playoffs unless they can put together a string of wins throughout the rest of the season. But I don't see Zach Wilson doing that again. What will you do for an encore? How about not having an encore? Because that's the Zach Wilson story. Well, that remains to be seen. But how about the Bengals and Browning, man? They're not missing the beat without You know Joe what? Cooper. I think didn't we talk about that last week that if he could keep it up, man, you know, you might have to start putting them back in the discussion. Two weeks in a row. <laughs> Two yeah. weeks in a row. Because after what they did to the Jaguars, and now the Jaguars seem to be heading down. I don't think it's all about Trevor Lawrence's ankle injury. I think it's all about Trevor Lawrence kind of regressing from last season. He has not taken that step forward. And I've watched these games and I'm looking for him to just do something. And I don't think it's overall the numbers like I've said throughout the season. I've been saying, no, he hasn't put up the 300-yard games or the four touchdowns like two were down in Miami. He's been getting it done with one and two touchdowns. But, man, this guy, if you watch the games, the overthrows, the missed calls, I mean, the missed throws, all those things, you're like, wow. You know, I'm expecting a little bit more from him, man. Now the ankles, I think that only doesn't allow him to run effectively like he had done. But the Jaguars, two losses in a row now. Yeah, what's up with that division? Well, I, I don't know. I, it's, like, it's like nobody wants it. Like they they were looking good for a few weeks, and but again, yesterday was a wild day. And everybody NFL. lost it. So you got the Vikings. I thought the Bears and Vikings was bad. The Raiders and Vikings three oh, zero three nothing. Man, oh come on! Gosh, God. Man, it, it was almost a miracle they avoided overtime. <laughs> three wow. to nothing, bro. Oh my God. <clears throat> You don't even have to watch the game to know oh, how bad a game it had to be. But hold on, I, I got a message to to Jared Goff and and uh, the Lions coach. I can't yeah. remember his name. Dan something, right? <laughs> they they they're they're talking. Hey, give the 
the Bears credit, you know, they're a good team over there and blah, blah. They are not a good team. I I, I don't care. You they, they should have beat you the first time. They dominated you yesterday. The Bears are not a good team. You just are not as good as you think you are. And I've it's been saying game, it all man. year. It's because the Lions are overrated. Well, we're starting to see some kinks in the arm, and it might be some truth to that. But I'm thinking another one of those division games, they normally get up for these division games, especially that AFC North. Those guys get it on. And um, tonight, Green Bay plays as well. You know what I mean? Uh, I was going back to the AFC South. Everybody in the AFC South lost yesterday. Now it's up to Tennessee to try to salvage a win tonight, you know, in their Monday night game. Two Monday night games tonight? What's up with that? I don't know. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, you got Green Bay playing against the Giants. You have Tennessee playing against uh, the Dolphins. And, of course, the Dolphins are the, the double-digit favorites. But, man, if they lose tonight, which is probably the likely case in Dallas, that means the entire AFC South would have taken an L. You know, and, and I looked at the, the Indianapolis game yesterday, and I think about Gardner Minshew. I've always said he was one of the best backups in all of football, which I still believe because of the willingness to, to embrace his role, knowing it even as a vet and still willing to give way to a rookie quarterback and still help him, unlike Joe Flacco. And they lost yesterday, and they were looking good at one point. But I guess the Jags looked good at one point. Indianapolis looked good at one point. We thought that the Houston Texans were trending right with their rookie quarterback doing his thing. And all of that is now coming down right now. Yeah, maybe CJ hit hit that proverbial wall. Um, but speaking of Joe Flacco, um, I guess he played well yesterday. But now they're saying uh, he has a contract issue. And I, my first thought is a contract issue is better than no contract, man. Get your ass in camp to practice. But Yeah, a contract issue. What kind of contract issue? I don't know. I, that's Oh, the season's my, already started. <laughs> What's up with this? My cousin told me. I didn't get a chance to, to look into it. But first thought is, again, a contract issue is better than no contract. Man. Um, but maybe, you know, they signed him for minimum – or set, you know, league minimum or whatever. He went out and balled out, and he thinks he's worth more. I, I don't know. Show freaking Flacco. We already but, know. You know, you cold, you man. talked about it last week. I think when you mentioned him not wanting to be a mentor. Yeah, to, to Zach Wilson. To Zach Wilson, he's a jerk. So he is. Maybe, I maybe think so. That's not maybe that's not a surprise. Well, man. So now he thinks he has the team where he wants him, so he could pull this kind of nonsense. Man, but you know what? He may be yeah. able to. You know what? They'd do the same to him if he was on the other end. You know, teams do that to players. I guess if players have the opportunity, they can come back and put the put the franchise uh, in the crosshairs and try to make things force their way or force their contracts to look better. I mean, look at yesterday. You had Tampa Bay playing the Falcons. I mean, you would think two bad teams, but they're all fighting for the NFC South. What's the deal with this crappy-ass scenario? 29-25, <clears throat> the Buccaneers win, coming from behind, to beat them. Um, Atlanta? I don't know. Two bad teams, by it, the way. So a couple really good, really good divisions in both leagues, and then a couple really questionable divisions in both leagues. Yeah. We might see another year of uh, sub-500 yeah. teams going to the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, but uh, did you see how the Ravens won yesterday? I didn't see how they won. Bro, I was a little worn out yesterday, but I didn't see how the Ravens <laughs> yeah, won. Yeah, you had that. That mini marathon. Yeah, man. They won on a punt return. In, oh, yeah. In I heard about overtime. that. Yeah, I didn't watch. I didn't see it, though. Yeah, they, they won on a punt return. That was a good game at the end. I was watching the Bears. 
Bears were in control, so I flipped over to the Ravens. And the Ravens had to go down and score. They were down four. Um, or I don't know. They scored a touchdown. They're up one. Then they got the two-point conversion to go up three, which was key because the Rams were able to go down and kick the tying field goal to go to overtime. Um, but then in overtime, uh, Ravens went three and out. Rams went three and out. And, but the Ravens returned the punt for the touchdown. Um, so that was an exciting ending. Um, but it was a little, a little melodramatic because, like the last three minutes of the of regulation, were furious. Both teams going up and down the field to get into overtime. Then you got three and out and a three and out. So I was like, oh man. So the punt punt return was right on time because I was like, oh, this ain't gonna end in a tie, is it? Oh yeah, right. <laughs> See, the Rams weren't even supposed to be a good team this year, and they're turning out to be a solid team, a surprising team, even though they're now losing. They're still surprising and giving better teams a, a run for their money. This was a road game coming all the way from California to play over in Baltimore. Oh, the weather Mark was bad Jackson, too. It was rainy and typical uh, Baltimore weather punter, this time of year. Christmas yeah, around the corner, cold rain punter, rain at all. Rams punt returner um, bobbled a couple punts. He's, he's lucky Ravens didn't recover them. Man, but Lamar Jackson, how I mean, I didn't see the game, but looking at his numbers, he wasn't he didn't start off well, but he got it back together three touchdowns, one interception. And I know people still want to throw shade at him because he doesn't have a high completion percentage, at least with consistency. But he gets the job done yeah. at the end of the day. That last drive was was impressive, and the, the touchdown pass to, to Flowers, he threw a, a dart even on the two point conversion, they sent him out wide. It looked like he was going to try and run it, but then just before he was about to get tackled, he fired it to the corner. Flowers caught it by the sideline. He threw another dart. Man. He has a good arm. Oh, his arm has never been a question. His decision-making had seemed to have been the question in the past. And regardless of what he does, there's always going to be someone out there that says that he's just a running back who just throws the ball. I think at this point he's kind of proven otherwise. I don't think in terms of just a pure passer, I think he's, he's up there with the elite. A decision-maker – probably not with the elite, but with the combination of what he does with running and throwing the passes at the most opportune moments, I think that's what makes him who he is and the reason why Baltimore can move far or move along you know, to a pretty uh, high place in the playoffs or even getting into the Super Bowl because of it, the reason why I had gotten him or picked him for the AFC side <clears throat> for the Super Bowl along with San Francisco on the, the NFC side. Right, where they have the inside track to home field advantage with three mm -hmm. games left. Yeah, so it, I don't think they'll blow four it, man. It's a, it's a good organization, man. You know, it's hard to believe, man. 17 games, now it's four games left. A whole month of football still remaining for yeah. just the regular season. Then you're getting it into was, the playoffs. It was run. crazy, and I never agree with this, but, you know, when they show the playoff picture and they got, like, nine teams in the hunt, yeah. they got the Bears in the hunt. The Bears are five and eight. Come on, man. Bro, there's a possibility. You add that extra game. You look at the division, the division game. They're seven teams ahead of them. Come on, man. Are they really not? I guess with the division games, man, beating Detroit, that's a division game. It's always going to come down to your division. Know, but what are the chances they end up nine and eight? I mean, in the hunt. And, and it's a guarantee. End the season with a six-game winning streak? The Bears? <laughs> well, not going to happen. Devin Hester might come back. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the way things are now, because of the extra game, I mean, that extra game shouldn't mean that much, but it probably does, especially with your division games. What you do in your division really matters. I'm thinking 
if anybody's going to be a disruptor, it might be Green Bay with the way Jordan Love has been playing. Um, man, this guy's shown the most improvement from a quarterback from the beginning of the season till right now than any quarterback I've seen this season. And this includes even C.J. Stroud because C.J. Stroud just started off on a high level. And now he's regressing. And that's yeah. probably, pretty much a proverbial wall, rookie wall. So, <clears throat> so that's acceptable. But, yeah, man, I think that the NFC North is getting a little bit more interesting because of the scenarios that look like they may play out. Detroit probably not being as good as they thought they were. All they got to do is continue to play to prove that they either are or they're not. And then maybe the Bears probably sneaking. But Green Bay, I think, you, is going to be the biggest opportunity at a disruptive. You, you would think the Lions had a big enough cushion that they don't blow up. That's what I was thinking in the early going. <laughs> they're doing Lions things they're, now. they're overrated, man, so. I don't know. I don't know who they have left on the schedule, but well, I'll hope. probably check it after the show because the Packers have have uh, been playing better. You mentioned a lot Jordan better, Lovett. man. And you know their defense was always pretty good. You know, but they had offensive issues. If they got those offensive issues worked out, yeah, uh, they got it. They got it working right now. Who knows? Yeah, they do, man. Uh, they I go tell you on what. the run. I'm pretty sure they probably have at least one game with the Lions left. Yeah, that Jordan Love, man, that guy, bro, he, I mean, I'd expect him to get this good that fast. It's just that from the first game I saw him against Chicago, and then I saw him just a couple of weeks ago, and it was so noticeable how much better he was decision-making-wise, getting the ball to his receivers, the quickness of his release, all of that. I was like, damn. Now, I'm not going to jump on the bandwagon and say, damn, Green Bay's done it again. Brent Favre for all these years, then Aaron Rodgers, now they fall into this. Now, I'm not going to get there yet, but shoot. I'm liking what I'm seeing now, and if the progress continues, it has to end somewhere. And if they're winning like this, it's going to end somewhere on a high level. I hope not. I don't like the Packers. <laughs> I bet you don't mind that. We'll I don't think we'll any Bears fan want to see that or we'll hear see. that. But we'll see. I think Bears got to go to Green Bay. Yeah, one game. And now, how about Denver playing um, the Chargers? I mean, once again, Justin Herbert did it look if good. Herbert's out. You can't oh, make yeah. the Broncos the favorite. Yeah, but I mean, the Broncos. Uh, I mean, the Broncos are a, a better team. It's they're they're looking better. It's not right. just that everybody's it's falling crazy. in front of them. They're they're looking better. You know, Peyton shut his damn mouth, and things look like they're kind of going in the right direction. These guys got some momentum. They did lose last week, but they won again this they're, week. They're like the turtles, slow and steady. Slow, slow and steady. Yeah, slow and steady. And they're trying to win the race. Uh, the they rabbit, the rabbit's uh, running out of energy and it's coming back to the pack. Rabbit yeah, and the Kansas team. City Chiefs, man, they're a receiver away from uh, re receivers, plural, from dropping passes, from losing games that actually matter, and Denver kind of being there to take the win. I mean, this is this is a whole ridiculous season the way it's going. But yesterday took yeah, the cake. I don't know if they can do it on the fly. They may want to revamp their their playbook, limit the passes to the wide receivers, get Pacheco out, okay. out you know, out in the flat more, or maybe well, screen. He, he got a shoulder injury right now, but he's not hurt that bad. I think he'll come back after next uh, after this game. He'll be back next week. But, yeah, Pacheco, man, I think one of the most underrated running backs, even though people see him playing the way he plays, this guy runs with some type of anger in him, man. And then I'm he just saying they, they got to feature anybody but the wide receivers. Oh. Limit the passes to them scrubs, man. But, but the wide receivers, or at least catching the ball, is the reason why we know Mahomes for who he is. He can't just rely on Travis Kelsey, who's been getting banged up from the beginning of the season. He still hasn't overcome that ankle injury. Plus, that, plus I think he, he's lost a little bit when he catches the ball. 
he's not as elusive. You know, he doesn't go for as, as many yards as he used to. It's almost like Gronk. After a while, when Gronk was still making plays, you could still see Gronk wasn't flying like he used to fly and looking fluid. You know, and that just happens. You know, yeah, another I mean, he, he's on the tail end of his career, so exactly. And another expected. another tight end I thought about was Jason Witten. Same thing. I looked at him as the same guy. When he got older, he was just catching the ball and kind of getting the yards and kind of going down. You know, he wasn't really fighting to get more yards, and he just had the short hands, fell down. And by the way, another tight end on the subject, Frank Wycheck passed away. The tight end, the old oh, tight really? end. Yeah, I saw that yeah. yesterday, man. Had me come I out from the kitchen that. into the bedroom to watch it. Like, wait a minute, Frank Wycheck passed away. I think he was 54 years old, not even an old dude. Wow. I don't know how or why. They didn't mention it, and I didn't look it up, but damn, Frank Wycheck, you talk about a name that's a memorable name. If you watch football, mm -hmm. that's him. Right. Motor City Miracle. Yeah. Man, I'm, I was tripping yesterday over that one. I was like, man, Frank freaking Wycheck, man. You hate hearing stories like this. You know, it reminds me like years ago when I was covering media and I came to the press room of a Jaguar game, came, came to the press box of a Jaguar game, and they had Reggie White on the freaking screen on the television. They had a bunch of televisions inside the the room, and I looked up there like, man, why do you act like he died? Because they had a date of birth and date of death. They act like he died. You know what I mean? I don't know what the mm -hmm. hell I was looking at. I'm thinking probably look at the years that he played, but it's actually the years that he born and the year he died. And they say people like, yeah, he died. And I'm like, are you kidding? Freaking Reggie White? Yeah, <laughs> of all people. Yep, I remember that like it was yesterday. It's craziness, man. But Frank Wycheck, man, too damn soon, man. The guy was, I think, 54. Anywhere in his 50s, man, the guy's gone. And he made an impression on the NFL while he was there, though. Yeah, too bad. Rest in peace, Frank Wycheck. Yeah, man, that's craziness, man. So what's going on? Talk a little bit NBA NBA right now. The Lakers win the in-season tournament. AD just absolutely crushes it with 42. But LeBron, because of the way he's played throughout the tournament, gets the MVP. We need that Price is Right sound piece. <laughs> I didn't even know there was an MVP for it. I saw that they had the all in in season tournament team. I'm like, really? It's like the the Maui Classic or something. Are, are we, really, the all in season team, bro? I mean, I, I I get they're trying to draw interest, and there has been more interest. Guys have have been playing harder. They have. They have. I mean. But now we're creating new awards. Come on, man. Hey, please. Now miss me with that garbage. I guess you know it's something to keep the NBA fans engaged until well the unofficial start of the season, which is Christmas with their triple header or even quadruple header now. You know, when that gets going and then football mm -hmm. kind of trying to work its way to the Super Bowl, baseball's already gone, basketball's taking over. They're trying to set it earlier. But I think they had enough good games before the tournament to where things were looking good from the beginning with the NBA with all the moves that were made. Yeah, like the first week of the of the season, we talked about how the schedule makers got it right. Finally, yeah. Really good matchups. You know, Boston and Milwaukee on opening night. Yep. That was a great matchup. Um, the, it's all about scheduling, you know. It, no one wants to see the Spurs and the Raptors on a Wednesday night. <laughs> Hell no. Right? You know, it's, so it's all about the schedules. But the Spurs and the Raptors have to play eventually. So I get it, but, you know. But they can do that in private. <laughs> they don't have to show everybody that damn game. 
especially right now. Maybe, maybe I don't know if this even makes sense, but schedule the bigger matchups prior to Christmas, and then the games after Christmas in January and February they have playoff implications. Maybe they're not big matchups, but they have playoff implications. But they want that huge game on Christmas, those tri- the triple header they normally roll out there with, or even the quadruple header they may roll out there with. They want that to be the marquee matchups that's going to really kick down the door for the NBA going into the season, knowing that everything else around them is not going to be as hyped up as it is. Yeah, people are going to always watch football. They're going to watch it until the Super Bowl comes. But basketball, as popular as it is, you know, you get those huge games up there. That's Those are the games they want to really start the season off and let you know, okay, the NBA is here. Right. But, but I tell you what, man, I saw a, a meme. I don't know if it was, a, it was a meme or a legitimate question. They asked who was the better player. Was it John Stockton or Chris Paul? I took John Stockton. Yeah, I would take Stockton as well. Yeah, man. I mean, you have some nice debates going on about it, so no one was really getting out of pocket with it. But, mm-hmm. yeah, man, I was like, I don't think you could have yeah, any yeah, debates. For no other reason, Stockton was an iron horse, man. Yeah, I'm about to say that. There, there was no playoff runs where, oh, Stockton's hurt again. Dude played every and game. Unfortunately, like- yeah. Unfortunately, that, that's the narrative for Chris Paul. Yeah, yeah, right. You can't rely on him. You knew exactly where John Stockton was going to be. The guy had missed a game at, what, 15 years? That's a lot of damn games. Basketball mm-hmm. we talking about. Going up and right. down the court. Man, and he played with a businessman's attitude. He was as good at his craft as he was. You never heard a damn thing about him off the, off the court. You know, just, yeah. just a dominant I mean, player. What, I think what hurt Stockton was he played in Utah. Yeah. So a lot of late night games. Um, so not everybody watched him. They heard of him. They knew about him, but like even me, I wouldn't stay up for a lot of Utah games. That's true. But he's I, only one time zone away from you. <clears throat> Central time zone. He's one time zone away in the mountain time, bro. That that Utah area. I went out to Utah, man. That underrated freaking city, bro. I was <laughs> like, yo, the first time I went there, and I saw the, the skyline and all. I was like, why would an NBA player leave this, man? But you know they have their reasons and whatnot. Yeah. But damn, that's a nice ass spot. But being the basketball freak that I am. You know, I knew about Stockton, and mm-hmm. like I, w- I would have debates with my friend, who's the best, who are the best point guards. Man, one night we stayed up arguing till we went out to the bar, came back to my house, and we sat on the porch till seven thirty in the morning arguing about basketball. <laughs> <laughs> who the hell were you but, out um, there with? <laughs> it was me and my friend, man. Just but, one um, dude, gotta be multiple multiple guys. My the one friend I always I always reference the toe toe guy. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess he will put up a fight. <laughs> That's my homie. But um, you know, I I knew about Stockton and I'll take Stockton over Chris Paul. Yeah, every- I you know, no one was coming out of pocket, like I said. They weren't just saying, Oh man, how you be so stupid to take Stockton. Nah, no, stock is legit. I don't think that I, I haven't heard. I, I was always gonna say, stock. like, if you watch his highlight films, there's nothing flashing, no flashiness to it. You know, it's just just did his job. Fundamental, exactly. fundamentally sound. He was so fundamentally yep. sound. You know, perfect bounce pass, perfect bounce pass, pick and roll, perfect bounce pass. You leave him open, three pointer, perfect bounce bounce pass. Leave him open, three pointer, three pointer. Um, but he had big shots too. You know, he he uh bounced yeah, defense. Yeah, it led the league in steals so many yeah. times. 
um, people didn't like for when he guarded them. He was too tough. They call him dirty. Um, but you know, you got the Pistons over there, elbows and throwing people down, punching people, clothesline. <laughs> what what Stockton was doing was not even in the same ballpark to what the the Pistons were doing. And of course, John Stockton is the one who put the Gonzaga squad on the map with their basketball team. And for a while, he was the only guy to come out of Gonzaga in the NBA. Now you have a, a litany of guys flying into the NBA. Not everybody's good, but the latest one, Chet Holmgren, really showing he's a special player this year so far. But man, you know, talking. I'm surprised why I'm surprised you didn't ask me why I called them that. Call who? The oh, Bichtons. Uh, the Pistons. Yeah. I, I assume because obviously the way they played, the way they acted, they acted like they acted like that out okay, there. Okay, okay. Oh, the Pistons. Come on, man. If it, if you watch them play, <laughs> you're being nice by calling them that. Dirty asses. Oh, come on now. <laughs> All right. Bad boys. Those convicts. Come on. You can come at me, too, in the comments if you want. I'm going to come back at you. Oh, please. You know how people please are do now. so. People please come at me. People they are, are starting to warm up in the comments now with some, some gibberish. But, hey, most people come with legitimate intent and even some good debate. But then the others just, just say things because oxygen's free on that day. So they decide to use it. That's about it. How about Bronny's son? LeBron's son, Bronny, played for USC yesterday, losing to Long Beach State. I think he scored three points, four points. I mean, I wasn't expecting a lot from him. I was just glad under the normal circumstances he was out there able to play. Right. I mean, right. that's what I was thinking. I was glad there was no incidents or that's what I'm saying. No craziness and whatnot. And, and for people who thought, man, he didn't get enough time to play, bro. He don't need enough time to play. Coach is going to know better. As time goes on, if he's able to handle the load or not, he's watching them in practice and he's going to be watching with some serious kid gloves, man, because, hey, anything can happen in basketball. Man, I keep even right now getting chills. Just think about Lim, uh, uh, what's the name? Um, Hank Gathers, man, to see how he passed out in that court. Still remember that. So like, well, I don't need to see that all the time or anytime. Well, I, I got I have to address something, man. I belong to a Dr. J group on Facebook. Yeah. And someone posted. Images from Dr. J's movie, The Fish That Saved Pittsburgh. And it said, the question was, who did it better, Dr. J, Michael Jordan, or LeBron James? Now, being the basketball fan that I am, I don't need to, to look into it or what are they what are they talking about? I know they're talking about movies. The Fish That Made Pittsburgh, Space Jam, and Space Jam Reboot, Space Jam 2, whatever LeBron's yeah. movie was called. So, Dr. J's character in The Fish That Saved Pittsburgh, his name was Moses Guthrie. So I say, so I comment, Moses Guthrie all motherfucking day. I get a bunch of likes, some hearts and stuff, and then one guy comes at me, who the hell is Moses Guthrie? So I say, Always you, don't, you don't know Dr. J if you don't know who Moses Guthrie is. And he comes out to me. Were you were you there when he did this? Were you there when he did? I was there. Always was there. someone like that. I was, I was, and then he, he said, "Go to bed, little boy." Um, I owned you. I'm like, man, the only thing you own is a closed mind. <laughs> <laughs> Shut it down. I I said, uh, no. I also told him Google it, and then you'll find out who Moses Guthrie is. So he thought I was saying Google Doctor J. Why would I tell you Google Dr. J? Google Seriously. Moses Guthrie, dimwit. Anyway, he's coming at me, and I go back at him. 
And he's like, I still don't know who Moses Guthrie is. Like, well, that's your fault for not Googling it. Why? I can only lead you to water. What? I got to tell you. Did he spell it right? <laughs> Moses Man, come on. I said, it's funny that you don't even know that this post is about movies. Because I told him, watch the movie and then come back and apologize. And he said something about, oh, you go watch your Netflix. You don't know. Too much pride, man. Dude, are you serious? Come on, man. I just can't stand people that that don't know anything, act like they know everything, and then try and insult you while they're telling you they know everything. That's online pride, man. (laughs) All our pride comes before the fall. And we get that. But yeah, man, I mean, shoot, I haven't even watched the movie or even heard of it for that matter. But you know what? And I, hell, I like Dr. J as well. You know, I've, hell, we watched them all. We're at the age where we were able to watch him live. You know, play it on TV or whatever the hell you played. But man, for somebody, he probably didn't want to admit he didn't know what you were talking about. You know how it goes, man. When he doesn't, he doesn't know the reference. He doesn't know what he's talking about or doesn't know what you're talking about in that regard. He just can't say, I don't know. So he has to come at you with some nonsense. But even, even the images the guy used for the post are images from the movie. He's not even in a Philadelphia 76ers jersey. He's not in the New Jersey Nets jersey. He's in a Pittsburgh Pisces jersey. You <laughs> serious? And, and you don't know who <laughs> Moses Guthrie is? Where the hell did that movie come out? Uh, probably like 1980, 81. Ooh, I don't know. Way early. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you go watch it now, it's cheesy. But um, um, Kareem's in it. Norm Nixon's in it. Um, the guy who played Show Enough in The Last Dragon, Show he's enough. in it. <laughs> yeah, Show Enough. He played a character named Jamal Truth. Um, Melalark Lemon was in it. It was. Oh, I mean, really? when I was nine years old, ten years old, whatever, whatever age it was when my brother took me to watch it. Yeah. Um, it was badass. But you watch it now, you, you like I said, it seemed kind of cheesy. But you got to remember. 1980, man. 1981. Yeah, right? There's no CGI and all that. Special effects and all that craziness going on. Yeah. Today's movies, obviously, just like 50 years from now, those movies would make this one look like black and white movies. <laughs> right. And finally, for tonight, <clears throat> since we're going through the sports realm, boxing happened this past Saturday. Not a whole lot to talk about, but just the pure dominance of what Devin Haney was able to do with Regis Progre in his first move up to 140 pounds. I mean, remember, he's been 135 pounds since he was 16 years old because he turned pro down in Mexico where they allow you to go pro at 15 and 16 years old. He couldn't do that in the U.S. So he goes, stays at that weight all these years, finally just kills himself making weight for the past four or five years. Now he goes up just a little bit, but he still could probably make 147. I wouldn't put him in with boots just yet, but at 140, looks even stronger, looks freaking sharp, 120 across the board. Including a knockdown in the third round against Regis, Regis uh, Progre, a power punch. We thought he had something extra to offer. Oh, okay. Yeah, we talked about it on Thursday, right? That Tanny yeah. was too fundamentally sound. His technique was too was too good for Progre, and Progre had to make it an ugly fight. You know, get inside, make it rugged, rough him up. And from what I saw, he didn't. He he either couldn't or wouldn't even try to do that. That was the only way he was gonna win. There's no way he's gonna outbox Haney. He don't he don't have the skills. And Haney showed that Saturday night. Progray was outmatched. And I think Paulie Malinaji, if you watch his YouTube channel, he talked about how Devin Haney's the master of distance. 
And yo, he, he he knows how to use the distance. He knows where he's at. You know, when I used to train the yo boxes at the UNF Boxing Club, I used to talk about the geometry of the ring. And we used to really get down. I used to always say, you guys are college guys, man. You should know about the, you, the geometry of the ring. And I used to always, you know, use that as an analogy in different parts of the ring and where distances and how all that stuff goes. You know, straight line, obvious things, straight line, the shortest distance. And it seems like Devin Haney has that in space. He's one of these boxing geniuses. And right now, we look at him, we look at Shakur Stevens, uh, Stevenson, and now you think about Tank. Tank versus Devin Haney now. How does, does that fight look after you saw against Progray? Now, Progray isn't Tank, but he has that power to be deadly, and it never landed. I don't, I don't, think, I don't think Haney fights him. I don't think so. Because he doesn't want to fight it? Well, because... Tank won't move up. I, because I don't think Bill Haney will let him. I, I don't think so. I don't see anything because he took care of this sophomore. I think it, it would be like a winner-take-all fight, and if he lost that, well, I, I don't I, I don't think they're about that. I don't think Bill Haney's about oh, that. Oh, no, no, no. They're all about the money, man, all of them, and they should be because it's prize fighting. Get the prize, but that prize would be going to one person if you really believed in yourself. But if you put those two together after what you saw last Saturday or if you just watched – the uh, highlights. What would you? I'd, would I'd you give the edge. I'd, I'd give the edge. I'd make Haney the a good favorite, maybe three to one, because as you mentioned, he's a master of distance, mm -hmm. and with with uh, Tank being the shorter fighter, um, you know, usually he's counter punching. He's not going to have Haney coming forward too often, coming no. out, you know. So Haney's not going to give him those openings to land. The crazy uppercut or the or the hook, but Tank does have a lot of power. So if he lands, we've seen Haney hurt before. Yeah. So I I make I feel Haney could box his way to decision, but you can't count out Tank either. Yeah. At the same time, I look at Tank and what he does from the waist down. Being shorter as he's been in most of his fights, he does have that footwork and he can close distances with those short legs. He can be unpredictable. And he's also a softball who's skilled. He doesn't get a lot of credit for his overall mm -hmm. skills because they fell in love with his power. He has good speed, if not great speed. I remember when he and Devin, uh, Tevin Farmer were going back and forth like they were going to fight. And you saw how he was working with his fast hands. He has those fast hands. Those fast hands bring even more power. If he could really close that distance because he just herky-jerky from the waist down and can do that against Devin Haney, well, we've seen Loma do that, close that distance and make things ugly, and that's what gave him the problems that he had against Loma. I think Tank can do a lot of the same, and if he lands, we know things can get difficult, but mm -hmm. Tank would be the one moving up, and Devin Haney now more, at more of a natural weight for his age right now may be able to take that power too, and he has more power Based on what I saw last Saturday, that right hand landing the way it did, man, a hell of a counter. Dropped him with some good power behind it. Yeah, I didn't get to watch it live. I saw the highlights. Um, it looked like Pro Gray was – his feet were in mud. Uh, yeah. He looked like a fish out of water. He didn't know what he, what he was doing. He had no plan. Yeah, Haney just has that good of footwork. When a guy like that who's a plotter who hasn't been boxing for a long time – you know, he's an older fighter, but Devin Haney, he's he's getting into his prime. He's not in his prime yet. A lot of these young guys aren't in their prime. Tank, I believe, is in his prime. But still, if he's going to fight Devin Haney, he's going to be the one moving up. He's losing even more of an advantage with the height and now the power because most times <clears throat> that kind of power doesn't continue to travel. It'll go up a, a weight class, but doesn't go up two weight classes. 
and Devin Haney now feeling strong and not killing himself to make weight may make it a lot more interesting with his boxing skills, which are unquestionable. So now yeah, I just don't think Haney, Mr. Haney, Bill Haney will, will be conceding too much in negotiations. And, you know, mm -hmm. Ellerman and, and those guys, they, Ellerman or Ellerby. <laughs> so the alphabet here. <laughs> I combined Heyman and Ellerby. Um, you know, they they say tanks the face of boxing, so they're not going to give up shit. But you know what? I, I just don't think they'll be able to work out a deal. But we've seen Devin Haney in the past take the, the, the lesser money or take the, the B side just to make it make things happen. Yeah, that was for old Lomachenko. Yeah, but you know what, though? Tank. But in his own rhetoric, you heard him say, if you listen to him, he said, you know what? People know that Tank is the, you know, Tank is a, he puts butts in the seat pretty much, I'll paraphrase. He's the one, he puts people in the seat, people know who he is. I'm becoming that guy. By saying you're becoming that guy, you're admitting that you are not that guy yet, but Tank is. Maybe he would be willing to acquiesce. Not something ridiculous like a 730 split, but a 6040 wouldn't be too bad either. Maybe. Um, I might be wrong. Who knows? I just don't. I really don't think Bill Haney wants that. Well, we'll just speculate until that finally gets into some type of a negotiation. Get some steam. Like when Tank fought Garcia, it was pretty much set up for all the marbles, right? Yeah. I, I don't think Haney wants that. I well, don't think he wants that. I think for now we can just wait and see because that's going to be a heck of a matchup when it finally happens. All of these young guys are in practically the same weight classes, and now with Devin Haney continuing to grow with a lot more room for growth, possibly ending up at 147, but he has unfinished business or business period at 140. He took care of Regis Progray, who's not an elite, elite fighter, just a damn good fighter, easily dispatched of him. And uh, he's going to move on from there. We'll find out who he's going to fight once he makes the decision to fight. He's Bias. I'm Trav. The Sports Bad Bros Podcast is signing off. We'll catch you again tomorrow. Deuces. Peace.